in the teams. Well, turn with me this morning, if you would, to... Uh, Anybody know where it is? <laughs> Matthew, the 25th chapter. Let's see, I wasn't here the last Sunday, so you may have forgot what we were talking about before. Anybody remember what we were on on Sunday mornings? Faithfulness. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, uh, hold up your hand. We've got extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand. and Turn to Matthew 25. Let's believe God this morning. How many believe all the Word is good? Do you? All the, even the parts that correct you? Are they good too? How many believe the Lord, even when He rebukes you, it's good? Right? If he rebukes you, you must have needed it, right? If he corrects you, you can be sure you needed it. And, of course, we always need the instruction. And so the Word of God, the Bible said, is profitable for all these things, instruction and, and including correction and, and reproof and, and rebuke. There's no such thing as a child that never needs to be corrected or disciplined. You know, I've had people tell me, you know, uh, about their little darling, go, you know, I've never had to correct them. <laughs> Here they are, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. I've never had to discipline. Well, you just know immediately they're a terror. <laughs> there is no such thing as a child who never needs to be corrected or disciplined or reproved or rebuked. And, of course, we're God's little children, Amen. Right? And every one of us need to be instructed, but there, we also need to be corrected. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Matthew 25 and 15. Well, let's see, 14. The kingdom of heaven, is, Jesus said, is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another two to another one, to every man according to his several or individual ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Do we know why now the Lord didn't give him five? Why he didn't give him two? Why he only gave him one? Because he knew he wasn't going to do anything with the one he gave him. How many know the Lord is very big on stewardship? And, and this passage goes into talking about on faithfulness. And what you receive tomorrow is being determined right now by what you're doing with what you have right now. I know some years ago I was uh, in the healing school at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry and I had been doing that for some time and was very, very young in the, in the Lord and in the Word and I just felt 
sometimes the need of the people and felt like I was inadequate. I mean, he was ministering uh, just prior to this, and now I'm in there. And I'm thinking, Lord, these people don't need a novice trying to learn how on them. They need somebody that, I mean, this is life and death. They've been given up to die. And so I remember one day I'm in the speaker's room and my, my nose is in the carpet. And I'm going, God, I, I, you know, I'm asking for more anointing. More anointing because I saw it was the anointing that destroys the yoke. Amen. It's not me. It's going to be the anointing. So I, I saw that. Well, Lord, more anointing. More anointing. Lord, more anointing, and I mean, I probably said it 500 times. You know, I'm laying in the floor there, praying and, and hollering about anointing, more anointing, more anointing, and I finally got quiet, and the Lord said to me, faithfulness, faithfulness. I thought, yeah, Lord, I'm sure that's good, faithfulness. But what I need right now <laughs> is anointing, <laughs> and, and soon I'll do a study on that, and I know that's good. But what, what I could really use right now is a big double portion of anointing. And I'm hollering about that again. And, of course, how many understand? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I finally wound down, you know what he said to me again? Faithfulness. Now, you know, uh, so, you know, maybe you're quicker than I am. But sometimes the Lord's answering your question and you don't see it. Because, you know, uh, you're, pray, you're praying about something and you think that this is in a different area and they're unrelated and really he's giving you the answer to it because it'll, if you take the step towards it, it'll get you there. How many understand on the interstate system, sometimes you've got to go north before you can go south? Right? You're thinking, well, Emma and I, I, I don't want to go north. I'm trying to go south. Yeah, but that ramp, you've got to go north to get on it, Right? And so the Lord, you know, he will show you how to get on it and how to, how to get in the right place. And um, faithfulness, he kept talking to me. So finally I realized he's given me my answer, but I don't understand what he's saying. So I'm just laying there being quiet. I said, Lord, help me with this. I don't know what you're saying. Faithfulness, uh, help me. And he began to speak to my heart. And I don't mean I'm hearing an audible voice, but inside me. How many know the Holy Spirit is inside us and he can illuminate our minds? And show us things and speak to our hearts. The Bible said the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Well, if he can let you know you are born again and you're a child of God, he could let you know something else. Right? right? He can communicate with you. And so I'm laying there waiting on him. And uh, he said these, I wrote them down. I mean, they're etched in my mind. He said these things to my heart. He said, son... Everyone receives an anointing when they're filled with my spirit. Everybody say that out loud. Everyone receives an anointing when they're filled with the spirit. Everyone. How many? Not just preachers. Everyone. Now let's go back to the Bible. He said, you shall receive power. Right? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, well, isn't that an anointing? Power. He said everyone receives an anointing when they're filled with my Spirit. Then he said this to me. He said many have done nothing with that anointing 
why would they need more? <laughs> now think about that phrase. Many have done what? Nothing with that anointing. Why would they need more? This guy did nothing with that one. Why would he need two? Why would he need five? See, this principle, and we're talking about faithfulness. Now, we haven't digressed, but this principle goes through every part of life. If you won't obey God with $20, why do you need $2 million? You'd just be in greater disobedience. Right? If you won't obey God with the revelation you have, what do you need more revelation for? If you don't obey God with the anointing you have, what do you need more for? So you can sit in front of the TV? <laughs> what do you need a double portion of anointing for? So you can sit in front of the TV and go, whoo, whoo, glory, I got the power. Whoo, I got the power. For what? Laying in the bed? Riding up down the road? For what? The anointing is for removing burdens, destroying yokes, right? You know who, you know, see who, what people see results in healing from the laying on of hands? People that actually lay hands on folks. (laughs) Not the people who read about it and study about it for years. And got all kind of ideas and theories about it. You got to get up, actually put your hand on somebody and believe God. These are the people that get results. Not the theorists. Not the philosophers. Right? Who gets used of God? The people that show up. The people that are available. The people that get involved. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, many have done nothing with that anointing. Why would they need more? Then he went on to speak to my heart. He said, son, you feel like you have such small amount compared to some other people. Of course, my father in the faith was Kenneth Hagin, who had been ministering right before me there, and he had 50 years on me in the ministry at that time. He's had multiple visions of the head of the church. That he appeared to him and put his finger in the palm of his hand and said, I've given you a special anointing, and they had him last week, and they got me this week. And nobody knows who I am, and I don't have to know who I am. And, and I'm laying there, and he said to me, he said, you feel like, you know, you don't have much. He said, be faithful with what you have, and I'll increase it. Oh, come on now, help me out. Be faithful with what you have, and I'll increase it. Somebody say faithful. Faithful. So you got people that are dissatisfied. They feel like there's more. They know there's more, but all they know how to do is be dissatisfied. And I want more. And beg and ask for more. And of course, I was doing some of that. I'm laying in the floor saying, I need more anointing. I need more anointing. And what I want the Lord to do is just drop it on me. Boom. (laughs) But that's not His way. And see, that's what a lot of people are looking for. They'll go from meeting to meeting and preacher to preacher. Lay your hands on me and give me that. Lay your hands on me. It's not how it works. In fact, 
This was a phrase of Brother Hagin's. A lot of people are laying empty hands on empty heads. <laughs> and nothing is happening. Uh, they, they're going through the motion, but nothing is happening. <laughs> but what is the Lord's way? Come on, help me now with this. What is the Lord's way to increase? Faithful with what? What you know, what you have, your opportunity, what is available to you, when? 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 Right now, today. This day, today. Right here, right now. What you do with what you have right now determines if you get more and how much more you get tomorrow. Oh, can you see this? Well, two of these guys were faithful. They used what they had. And what happened when they used it? They increased. In fact, they doubled, didn't they? Doubled. Glory to God. Somebody say double. Double. Keep reading. After verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. He that had received five talents came and brought other five talents. He said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Now, why did he make him ruler over many things? Hmm? See, we, we've got... I don't know what the numbers of people waiting for something big, looking for something big that they, they're going to do. They, they, they want something big. They want to get involved. But there's something little in front of them. But it's beneath them. It's, it's not worthy of their great talents and abilities. It's not their call. Are you believing God with me this morning? This is such a great truth. Such a great truth. They used what they had. They, the guy that got two didn't get upset because he didn't get five. How many know he could have went home and went, well, I don't know why he gave him five. I mean, I, I went to school with that guy. I'm better in math than he is. I got more business contacts than he does. Yeah, but the Lord knows his ability and yours. And it's foolish to compare yourself with other people. You know what the Scripture said? People comparing themselves with themselves are not wise. But you've got to rejoice over what's in your hand over the opportunity you've got today. And you've got to realize my future depends on what I do right now. And if I'm doing nothing with what I have, what have I got to look forward to? Not only will you not increase, but you stand to lose what you have. That's what happened to this guy, isn't it? Doing nothing is a bad decision. Keep reading. 
After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents. He said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. Exactly what he told the guy that had ten. Why? Well, he, in order to be fair, he'd have to say the exact same thing to this guy because he's the one that gave him two instead of five. And so the man had the same success as the man that had ten, didn't he? Because he doubled what he had. Even though numerically it was smaller, faithfulness-wise it was the same. And that's what God is going to reward us by, by our heart and by our faithfulness. Now, how many have a genuine desire to hear these words that he spoke to these faithful people? How many are convinced absolutely that in a few more breaths and a few more days, this is all going to be over? And you and I soon and very soon are going to be standing before the Lord We're going to give an account of those things that we have done in this life and in this body. Now, we're saved by by grace, not by what we have done, right? We're saved by grace through faith in what he has done, and yet we're going to be rewarded or not rewarded by what we've done. And so we're going to stand before him and give an account of what we did with the talents he gave us. Now by talent, that includes a whole array of things. Certainly, that is your graces, your giftings. You know, there's some graces and gifts people are born with from birth. There's some that God adds to them when they're born again. Some he adds to them when you're filled with the Spirit or later on in life. But your graces, your gifts, your opportunities... Your resources, we're going to give an account for what we did with it. Now, people don't like to think about that, but how many know we need to think about it? Because in a few days, we're going to be standing there. (laughs) I got three nods across the crowd. (laughs) I was telling somebody last night, uh, the other night on Friday night, we're teaching on the truth about temptation. So we're talking a whole lot about sin. And I said, you know, wonder what if you advertise and said, we're having a seminar on sin. Y'all come. <laughs> yeah. Well, people don't just get excited about, well, yeah, let's go to the sin seminar and learn about sin and getting rid of sin. Now, pe- people don't want to hear about that. They don't want to talk about that. People want tell me about how I'm going to be blessed. Well, we are talking about how you're going to be blessed, but are you going to be blessed if you're not faithful? You're not going to be blessed the same if you're unfaithful, as you would be if you are faithful. Now, we live in a 
an age of feel-good religion. Don't we? The Bible says in the latter days, people would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They have itching ears. I told you my little phrase that I wrote in the column of my Bible years ago. It just simply says, uh, teacher, teacher, scratch my ear. Tell me what I want to hear. And I'm telling you, in Christian churches, uh, people that teach the new birth, people that teach being filled with the Spirit, all over the place, pastors are afraid of losing people. Right? They're afraid of the offerings going down. They're afraid of people leaving and becoming offended. And so if they feel like the people are not wanting to hear it, well, then they quit and they find something that people find more appealing. So why don't you do some more of that? Well, <laughs> you don't want me to. And you know one big reason why I'm not? Because in a few days, I'm going to be standing there in front of the Lord, and you ain't going to be there, and Mom and Daddy ain't going to be there, and Phyllis ain't going to be there. It's just going to be me standing before Him by myself, and He's going to say, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And I can say, well, you know, I, Lord, the, the people would have left. I mean, half the church would have left. At that time, you wouldn't care if all the people left. <laughs> would you? You wouldn't care if everybody left if you did what he told you to do. But it, and everybody thinks, oh, yeah, you better obey God. But it's easier said than done. You and me. But no... And we ought to live every day so we have no regrets tomorrow, doing everything we know to be faithful. Somebody say faithful. faithful. Say it again, faithful. faithful. What do you want to hear when you're standing there before him by yourself? It ain't going to cut it for you to say, well, Lord, I mean, you, you know how my wife was. She just didn't go in for all that. And I just, I mean, I guess it would have, it might have destroyed our marriage. And, and, and I don't know if I'd have just fully obeyed you. Is he going to say, I understand. I know your wife. <laughs> and I know what you mean. No. It is not going to cut it. No excuse will be acceptable. You can cry. You can act pitiful. You can, this one didn't help me, and I was concerned about that. None of it is going to carry any weight. The only thing that's going to matter is did you do what he told you to do? What did you do with what he gave you? What do you want to hear? Come on, tell me what you want to hear. What do you and I want to hear? We want to hear, you want to hear him call your name, right? John, Susie, Bob, Keith, Phyllis, call your name and look at you and go, Keith, well done. You've been a good and faithful servant to me. Oh, glory to God, don't you want to hear that? And then him say, Son, you've been faithful in that little short thing you just called your life. You were faithful in a few things. Now, 
I'm going to put you in charge of some serious things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things in my eternal kingdom. Enter into the what? Come on, the what? Ooh, the joy. How many understand what he's talking about? Putting you over is going to bring you joy. It is going to fulfill you to the nth degree like nothing down here ever did. But it's going to be based on what? How faithful you were with what might have seemed like a small thing at the time. He said a few things. How many can see that compared to this, it seemed little, it seemed small, it seemed few, but it was the thing that qualified you for the great. Well, can you see this principle over and over again? Are you and I going to hear this if we have not been faithful? No, we're not. So we're taking time. And we're finding out how to be faithful. And we're examining ourselves. Don't judge other people. Examine yourself. Am I faithful? Listen to this scripture again. We read it, but it'll bear repetition. In Proverbs, don't turn there, but Proverbs 20 and 6, it says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find? The English version says, Everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is. But just try to find someone who really is. All kind of people will tell you, oh, yeah, I'm faithful, yeah. You can count on me. I'm your man. I got your back. I'm here. I'm with you. I don't know how many people, I, I, Phyllis and I have heard, we're with you. Boy, the Lord sent us here. We're with you. They must be a way back <laughs> behind us because you, you can't see them. <laughs> and a lot of people, they, they start out good. They mean well, but it fades over a period of days and weeks. And when the honeymoon wears off and it's not new anymore and it, gets down, it just gets down to a, just a whole bunch of Work. <laughs> then people get to deciding, this is not what I had in mind. I mean, this is just work, work, work. I mean, it's work, work in the morning. It's work in the afternoon. It's work when the sun goes down. I mean, I'm, I want to, I want to feel the power. <laughs> I want to be in the glory. People have romantic ideas about the ministry and about the things and the work of God. What do you think about some of the guys helping Paul? Working on tents eight and ten hours a day and thinking, is this the ministry? Tanning hides. I thought we was in the ministry. This is a ministry. <laughs> Seasick on the boat for the 20th day. I thought this, and I, oh. How many stand? Mark left with him, and after a few months, he went back home to mama. Is right. He thought, man, there's some strange people out here. <laughs> <laughs> 
and there's some weird stuff going on out here. These guys look like they ain't going to stop. I don't know. This doesn't look like it's going to get any better. He, and, and he hadn't eaten, you know, mama's casserole in six months. And the food wasn't good. And the days were long. And it was hot. And he said, I'm going home. And he did. Somebody say unfaithful. unfaithful. Now, thank God, if you read the rest of the scripture, it indicates that later on he got restored. And he got back on track, right? But so many people, when it gets hot in the kitchen, they get out the kitchen. Somebody say unfaithful. unfaithful. Are they going to hear well done just like somebody that stayed in there and bore the heat of it and bore the work of it? No. Everybody... You know, everybody wants people to tell them, well, we all going to hear well, well done, good and faithful servant and, and preach some kind of a socialistic, communistic heaven where everybody's the same and everybody's on an equal level and equal reward and equal footing, but it ain't the Bible. Some are going to hear it, some are not. Some are going to be more blessed than others. The Bible said in the resurrection, we're going to be like the stars that differ in glory. But how many know some stars are a lot brighter than others? Can you take some more? Yes. Well, we've talked about it enough. How many think we ought to get down to brass tacks? How can I be faithful? How can I be more faithful? Well, Everything produces after whatever uh, pattern it's held up to and patterned after. And we, we established this some days ago. What is faithfulness? If you had to sum it up in one word, what is faithfulness personified? God is faithful. Somebody say it out loud. God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. We just read this in our, in our readings recently. In 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says, God is faithful. So many, I mean, I won't take time to read them again, but I mean, it's just replete in the scriptures about how faithful God is. His faithfulness reaches unto the clouds and the heavens. How many know He is faithful every day, every night? Everywhere, with everybody, in every situation, say it out loud. God, God is faithful. Well, if you're going to be faithful, you're going to be like Him. He, he's the ultimate of faithfulness. And if I'm going to be faithful, you're going to be faithful, we're going to learn how to be more like Him. And the more like Him we become, the more faithful we will be. Two things we've already talked about that exemplify his faithfulness. We're going to go into a third. Have you got time for it? Yes, sir. Good. Number one, God is faithful. God is always there. Somebody say, always there. Always there. How many believe it? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He said, I'm with you always even unto the end of the age, end of the world. Anytime and every time you need him, he is there. 
Somebody say, always there. Always there. Say it again. God is always there. What about you? If you're going to be faithful, then that means you're always where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there. You can't be a faithful husband and you're never there. A faithful wife or mother and you're never there. You can't be a faithful church member and you're never there. Right? In order to be faithful, you've got to be there. If you're faithful, you're always there. Four nods. Right? If you're going to be a faithful employee, no such thing as a faithful employee that don't show up to work half the time. No such thing as a faithful employee late half the time. Faithful means reliable, trustworthy. You can count on them, right? You can count on God always being there. Can people count on you being there? Being where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be. Listen, always running late is not okay. It is a spiritual deficiency. It shows questionable things about you as an individual. It shows your priorities are not right. But we just keep having fun, don't we? Hmm? You know, sometimes this is the earth and there's, you know, demons and cursing crazy people. And sometimes... Things can come up that you don't expect, but that should be the rare exception. Why are people late for church? Why are people late for the things of God? Why are people late for things God told them to do? Because they are doing other stuff. And they, they are not making enough preparation. They didn't get started earlier, early enough. Why? Because it wasn't important enough to them. Forgetting things is not an excuse. I forgot. I am so sorry. I forgot to come to church. I, for, I forgot. I know I signed up to be over there and help on that, but I just forgot. You know what you're telling us? And you're telling the Lord is it wasn't important to me. When you say I forgot, what you say is it's not important. You remember what's important to you. I guarantee you, if you got a a fully paid vacation to Hawaii, you don't forget to go on the trip. Somebody paid for you a new car. You don't forget, you know, it don't sit there on the lot for six months. And they go, why hadn't you picked up your new car? You go, oh, I forgot. I forgot to pick up my new car. You remember what's important to you. And if it's important to you, you get up early, you make preparation, you're there, you're not late. Right? I'm talking about faithfulness. Faithful people are where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. God's always there. If you're faithful, you're there. Secondly, what did we talk about? Anybody remember? God is faithful. God does not, has never, will never, cannot 
lie. No such thing as being a liar and you're a faithful person. That lying and deceiving is the personification of unreliable, untrustworthy, unfaithful. And we, we were into that for quite, if you weren't here, get the CD or DVD on it or go online and, and get caught up with us because there are a few things more important than that. What if God ever told you one lie? It'd bring everything in this book into question. Right? It'd bring everything he ever told you in the past into question because you know he told you one lie. This other thing could be a lie. Can you afford one lie? You cannot afford even one lie. Somebody say faithfulness never lies. You always tell the truth. The, the scripture said a faithful witness will not lie. Are you faithful? then you never lie. Never. Ne if it costs you money, you tell the truth. If it costs you a position, you tell the truth. If it costs you a job, you tell the truth. If it costs you a sale, huh? Has that car ever been wrecked? <laughs> Is that the actual mileage? <laughs> Is this the correct price? Is that really wholesale? Hmm? Man, there's so much lying goes on. I'm talking about church-going people. Friend, it is no small thing. There is no such thing as a little white lie that doesn't hurt anybody. That is a despicable term. Lying is one of the most satanic, devilish, ungodly things any human could ever do. Somebody say, I do not. Lie. I refuse to deceive. That's faithfulness. Here's a third one. Number three, you know, number one, God is always there. Number two, God cannot lie. Number three, He is always the same. Somebody say always. The same. What about you? If you're faithful, you will be consistent. You will be steady. You'll be steadfast. Tell me what's the opposite of that? Changing. Always change. What is a picture of unfaithfulness? This way today, different tomorrow. Changing. Somebody say changing. Changing. Is God that way? Is He unstable? Does He change? No, no. Listen, I read it to you. You know it. But Malachi three six says, "I am the Lord. I change not." James one seventeen. James one seventeen in the New Living Testament. Whatever's good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes. Somebody say, He never changes. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And how would you cast a changing shadow? Because you were changing your position. Well, do Christians change their positions? 
Hmm? Now, don't, don't look around. Just look straight ahead and smile. But are there people who, boy, you talked to them yesterday and it was on, it was on, it was on, and you talked to them by the end of the week? Well, I just don't know. I've been praying some more. And, of course, the price went way up and and uh, so-and-so was not going to help anymore, and uh, maybe this ain't the Lord. Or maybe the Lord changed uh, uh, his direction to me. <laughs> Remind me of a Bible study some people were having in their house, and it's supposed to be a, a Bible study, but it's just a prophesying meeting, and everybody just prophesied to each other all the time. And that was what they wanted to do, and that's what they liked. And uh, uh, this, they were prophesying to each other, prophesying to each other. And then uh, this, somebody asked, you know, so-and-so, the couple wasn't there yet, and it was late. Are they going to be there, you know? Anybody heard anything? And one guy popped, popped up and said, Yea, thus saith the Lord, they're not coming. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> At just about that time, they heard the gravel outside. The, the car was pulling up, so they popped back up and say, Yea, thus saith the Lord. They changed their minds. They'll be pulling up right now. <laughs> How many think neither one of those was thus saith the Lord? And just because somebody says thus saith the Lord, it could be thus saith them. And a lot of folks should say, should say, thus saith me. It's what they should be saying. It doesn't do away with thus saith the Lord. But to hear, if you believed what a lot of people say, you would think God changes His mind on what He wants us to do on a regular basis. I don't know at the time when I was teaching at Ramah, I don't know at the times people come and say, the Lord told me to come. Oh, I know he did. I know he did. And, and if he'll just help get me out of debt and if he'll just help get me where I can come, I'll be there this year. And you talk to them later. I mean, this one thing, case I'm thinking about just a couple of months later, God had got them out of debt. And they had enough money to move and get there and pay their registration and get started. Oh, they were so excited. And then registration come up, and they're not there. And, and, well, where are you? Well, I think maybe the Lord has other things for me. When did he change? Somebody missed it somewhere. Right? When did he change? He doesn't need to change because he was right the first time. It's why he never changes. Now, sometimes we need to change because we are wrong. But what we're talking about here is when you find out what is right and you find out what is the will of God, what is the Word of God, and then, even though you found it, you change from it later. If you do, you're unfaithful because the faithful one holds to the right and does not change. Somebody say always the same. Always. Say it again, always the, same. always the same. If it was God yesterday, it's God today. It'll be God tomorrow. 
it'll be God next week. Right? If it really was the plan of God last month, come on, somebody help me out, then it's still going to be the plan of God next year. Come on now, y'all going to help me out or not? If it really was the will of God yesterday, it's still the will of God today. He doesn't change. Now, we've got an epidemic of this in so-called word and faith circles. I mean people are starting and stopping and joining and quitting and getting involved and getting out. I mean there's this constant upheaval and tumult. And the problem is people are telling us that it's all God. But it's not. It can't be. It can't be that he's changing. So what's happening? People are changing. I don't know at the times people said, uh, whether it was our church or our ministry or other people's ministry, God sent me here. God sent me here, told me to go here. There's people that I remember five years ago, I remember six years ago, their faces when the Lord brought them here and how excited they were. And it was obvious how supernatural it was that God brought them here and God put them here and they hadn't been to church in a year. What did God change his mind? Who changed? This is not about supporting us. This is about not changing from God. And how many know you can't get him to change and match you? Well, God, I, I know you told me that was your plan, and it, it's a good plan. <laughs> but uh, I got another one. And you know, I just don't like it over there, and I've had some uncomfortable experiences, and I just don't, I just don't like it, and I'm not comfortable. So I've got another plan that I, I want you to bless. What are you asking him to do? Come on, help me out here. Now, what, what are you asking him to do? You're telling him that uh, you know he's God. You know he knows the end from the beginning. You know he had his plan already established before the foundation of the world. But we'd like for you to make an exception for us. And just forget about your plan and bless my plan. How many know what's, what's, what's wrong with that is because next month you're going to have another new one. Because there's something you're not going to like at the new place. I mean, you didn't know this about marriage. People say, what I need, I need me a new one. Huh? I'm telling you, I'm, I'm fed up with this one. This one is, is a problem. I need me a new woman. I, I need me a new man. <laughs> How many understand they cannot be new for long? <laughs> then what's going to happen? Well, they ain't... <laughs> <laughs> they're not new anymore and if you're going to change every time they're not new what are you going to do? what are you going to do? 
What's, what's, the, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is you are unfaithful. And old friends, we got an epidemic of this. We are living in the midst of an unfaithful people. Unfaithful generation. I mean they're not faithful to their country. They're not faithful to their community. They'll sell, they'll sell their country out. Right? They'll sell their, their city out if it makes me money. Right? They're not faithful to their own company that has paid them for 10, 20 years. You know, no matter what people do, it's not enough. They owe me more. They should do more for me. Unthankful. How many remember reading the scriptures in Romans and other places about a characteristic of the unthankful? Unthank- lovers of their self and unthankful. These are unfaithful, uncommitted, unfaithful to their own kids, unfaithful to their own spouse. Understand these people are unfaithful to God. Are you going to stand before the Lord like that and hear, well done, good and faithful servant? No, it, go, go with me to Psalm 15. It takes something to be faithful. It's not always easy to be faithful. It's not always comfortable to be faithful. Sometimes say, somebody say at least, sometimes it costs to be faithful. But then what happens afterwards? Oh, then it pays. It pays. Psalm 15. This whole psalm talks about this subject, but uh, let me get my verse here. The fourth, well, he's talking about the quality of a person that God blesses and, and, and enjoys the fellowship of God. But the fourth verse, Psalm 15, 4, it said, In whose eyes a vile person is condemned... But he honors them that fear the Lord. He that swears to his own hurt. And what? And what? Come on, tell me again. And does what? Changes not. The New Living Testament says they keep their promises even when it hurts. This is a description of faithfulness. What do faithful people do? Faithful husbands and wives, what do they do? Hmm? They, they, they stay even when they're not enjoying it. Come on now, are y'all with me or not? When they, they are unfulfilled in some ways. I got just three people nodding their head. Why? Because it has become acceptable even in the church that if you don't feel like you're getting your needs met, bail. Well, I'm not getting what I need out of this relationship. And, uh, you know, when it's dead, you just need to admit that it's dead and just go on. Go on. That's not the Bible. I said that's not the Bible. We believe in resurrection. Oh, come on. We believe in miracles. We believe a God who can raise the dead to life again. 
who can make the bitter waters sweet. What do faithful people do? Faithful people, I don't care if it's been a year or five or 10 or 15 or 50, they go back to when they stood up before the preachers in their family or their justice of the peace or whoever it was and they made that commitment. Come on now, they go back to where they held that little one up at the hospital and they made that commitment to God or in the church and they said, I'm going to stand by this boy, this girl. I'm going to raise him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I mean, because you're going to have to have something strong in you because there will be times when you do not feel like staying. There will be times when you want to run. There will be times when you want out, when you're tired of fooling with it. But tell me what a faithful person will do. Come on, look at this verse. Huh? You make the commitment, you say it, and even when it comes to a time when it's hurting you to keep it, you don't change. We live in a world where everybody's changing. I mean, you check on them last week and they're happily married. You check on them next year, they, they're gay. You check on them five years from now, they're straight and remarried. (laughs) Are you listening to me? (laughs) They believe, people don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. It's in flux. It's up in the air. Well, I'm trying, that's it, Brother Keith. I'm trying to find myself. Quit trying to find yourself. Get in this Bible. When you're in Jesus, the way you find out who you are is you find out who He is because you're in Him and He's in you. And you don't ask yourself how you feel. You tell yourself who you are in Him and your feelings have to line up. Our desires don't tell us who we are. That's why some people are so messed up. They go by what their desires tell them. Well, I want this, so this must be what I am. No. Just because you want to lie don't mean you're a liar. You can resist that. Huh? Just because you want to commit adultery don't mean you say, well, that's what I am. I'm an adulterer. No, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. This is just some pull on you, some desire. Resist it, cast it down, and don't change. Go back to what He told you. Go back to the commitment you made at the altar and the things you said before Him in those times of prayer and commitment, and don't change. If it was God ten years ago, it's God today. If it was God that y'all be together, you know, 25 years ago, he has not changed his mind. It is still God's will today. Right? Go to Luke 16. Let me close with this. I think I can. Is my watch right? I don't know if I wound it or not. What do you got? I'll use mine. I was at one place some years ago and I was in a different time zone. (laughs) I forgot to change my watch. 
Oh, bro. I mean, I preached and preached and preached, and I looked, and I thought, man, I got a whole other hour to go. <laughs> I knew the people looked a little funny, but. <laughs> Luke 16. Tell me what is faithful. God is faithful, and one of the qualities we see about him that makes him so faithful, he is always the same. He changes not. What if you're faithful? Then you don't change. Now, you understand, I've already explained that one time, but let me go over it again. Sometimes you need to change because you're wrong. But what we're talking about is when you find, you've heard from the Lord and you found what is right, then you don't change. If you change after that, then you're being unfaithful because he didn't change. Uh, Luke 16. He described this whole chapter here has just realms of revelation on the subject of faithfulness. And he talks about the unjust or the unfaithful steward who was unfaithful with his master's goods. And in verse 10, Jesus said, He that is faithful in what? That which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least, in the least, is unjust also in much. Now, God is the same. What a comfort it is. How many know God is the same with the king and the beggar? Are you with me now? Is he the same? He's the same. He's the same with the educated or the uneducated. Now, he talks to everybody the way that they understand it, but he doesn't change. He's not one way with you and a different way with me because he'd have to change. He's the same, somebody said out loud, the same, same. with small small or great. great. What about you if you're faithful? You'll be the same. How? With small or great. Now here's the principle. He that is faithful in that which is least or smallest would be, will be faithful in that which is much or great. Faithfulness doesn't distinguish between small and great. Faithfulness doesn't change between small and great. Come on, help me finish this up strong now. This is so important. Unfaithfulness does. Unfaithfulness changes and is different. Unfaithfulness is completely different with a broom behind the building than it is on the platform with a mic. Different, completely, changes. Unfaithful 
people are completely different with broke people as they are with people they know have money. They change. Which shows they are, they are, because if they were faithful, they wouldn't change. They'd be the same. Help me with this, Lord. Faithfulness doesn't distinguish between small and great, little and big. How many stand if you were in heaven and the Lord came by and handed you a broom and said, would you sweep off this corner for me? Are you going to look at him and say, Lord, I don't think that's my ministry. Huh? Well, no, nobody would do that. And yet, how many understand if you have done it or haven't done it under the least of his, you did it to him, right? He takes it personally. How many understand when he met Saul on the road to Damascus, he said, why are you persecuting me? He said he took it personally. Small or great, big or little. Here's another area of this. Faithfulness is the same. Come on, everybody, wait now. This is just, just a few more minutes. Get this. Faithfulness is the same whether it's paid or not paid. Oh, come on now. Y'all got to help me a little, a little bit more than this. Faithfulness is the same. We'll do the same job whether there's money or no money. It does not change. If you say, well, if you'll pay me a little better, I'll do a better job. It's not even true. I said it's not true. Now, I know some people they like to think so, but I'm going to go with Jesus. Jesus said, if you're not faithful in that which is least, you will not be faithful in that which is big. Faithfulness is the same whether it's watched are not watched. Whether it is supervised or unsupervised. Whether it's a little job that nobody is going to see and hear about or whether it's in front of millions of people by satellite. Faithfulness will do exactly the same on the stage or in the backyard. Come on. With a big check or no check. Come on. Come on. Is it true? Faithfulness doesn't change. Well, what if you do change? Whether you're seen or not seen. Drag around, goof around. Now, this is a waste of my talents. I've got eight years of higher education. I've got 15 years of experience in this. And they stick a broom in my hand. I've been singing for 15 years, and they got me out here with a flashlight. <laughs> I got five recordings. I've played concerts with 20,000 people, and they got me out here with a flashlight. Off and on. <laughs> this is a gross waste. 
of my talents. Now, even if people don't say it, we got all kind of people in this church that are not serving on teams because they're not open to things they consider to be beneath them or not aptly suited for their talents. God has blessed us. He has promoted us and used us in so many ways. But if we want to increase and advance tomorrow, we got to be what? Come on. We, we got to be faithful with where we are right now. I, I didn't know this, but looking back, I can see how the Lord led me, how he led Phyllis and I. When I first started, you know, I was at Ramah. The Lord gave me three words. Help Brother Hagin. Had no idea that was my directive from heaven for the next 20-some years. And he, he'd say, we need somebody to help greet people and, and get them registered here. And, and I thought, well, Brother Hagin needs help. I was there. We need people to do this. We need people to do that. Well, Brother Hagin needs He didn't know me personally. He didn't need to. And... I was there, I was there, and something about being there, you get called on, yeah. right? People see you're always there, you always show up, they go, well, they can count on you. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to put people in positions you don't know if they're going to be there or not. And so they gave me this responsibility, and they gave me more responsibility, and they gave me more responsibility, and I was working there for 40, 50 hours a week, not getting paid for year after year, and yet we were being blessed. God was increasing us. We were better off than before we went to school. Better house, better cars, everything. And they came to me after a few years and said, you know, we're thinking about paying you. And I thought, really? I thought, let me pray about it. <laughs> really, I, I didn't want to mess up what was going on because we were being blessed. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I'm not. I said, let me pray about this because how many understand when you know God, you know He's your source. Yeah. He, he's your source. <laughs> and if I'm being faithful to them, should my work be any different if I'm getting paid or not getting paid? It should be no different. If I'm changing, then I'm unfaithful. And I'm doing stuff behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Then they wanted me to do stuff in front of the scenes, in front of the scenes. Well, to me, it was the same. And it really is the same. Because we're not doing it just to each other. We're doing it as unto Him. And how many know if other people don't see it? He does. How many know God keeps good books? He keeps good records. He knows exactly. I don't, it doesn't matter if other people don't know it. He knows exactly what you've done and what you have not done. And if you've been faithful, even if it's been behind the scenes, even if it's been out there with a flashlight, with all your amazing talents. <laughs> How many understand, to God, all of your amazing talents in your mind are not the deal. Are you faithful? And if you won't be faithful with the flashlight, you wouldn't be faithful with a big thing. It's just the truth. And so if you know that, then you understand I cannot let my mind try to distinguish between what's important and what's unimportant, what's big, what's little. I can't do that because if the Lord told me to do it, it's big. 
Even if it seems small to somebody, if it's his work, if he directed me to do it, it is important. There's no little thing in the work of God. No insignificant, trivial thing. It's all important. And the faithful man or woman takes it seriously, takes it important, and they are the same. They don't change. Every day they're smiling, whether it's a flashlight or whether it's a million-dollar piece of equipment or whether they got $5 or whether they got $50 million, they're, they're like their master, the same. Yesterday, today, forever, truth doesn't change. God doesn't change. The will of God doesn't change. Faithful people. Don't change. Stand on your feet, please. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you because you are so faithful. Oh, you're so faithful. You never change. You don't treat us differently. You don't treat us less because we're less well-known or less educated or less money or any of that. You treat us all the same. Thank you for loving us all the same, giving us all the same opportunities. Thank you for being this way. You're so just. You're so fair. You're so righteous. You're so good. And your faithfulness is in us and working in us. Everybody say it out loud. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. I'll be faithful. I'll not distinguish between great and small, watched or unwatched, paid or unpaid. By the grace of God, I'll be the same. I'll be the same. I'll be faithful by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God. 